What's up, pukers? Pukers. You're listening to PukeCast. The show that pukes out the truth to everything you need to know to rise and thrive in the Web3 world. Because it's all about puking rainbows and smoking hopium. I'm your host, Puke Rainbow, and today's episode... We'll be speaking to the founder of Mac RT, RTFKTS. So I would say um, it's pretty much interesting to see your concept. And let's just get started a little bit on your background. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm a, uh, and just to, just to kick it off, it's, it's a portmanteau of McDonald's and Artifacts. So the way to pronounce it is McArtifacts. And in terms of my background, you know, I'm a, I'm a creative director in, a, in my professional life. Um, but I'm also sort of a, a DGEM who just likes to sort of participate um, in this space. So for me, it's been, um, you know, super exciting to sort of be able to sort of leave a mark here because for a long time I've been sort of a, you know, a participant sitting on the sidelines, but now sort of looking at what brands have been able to successfully do or unsuccessfully do, sort of take that recipe and sort of recook it in a way that um, I can put my own stamp on. So just in terms of my background, you know, um, in, a, in a professional capacity, I work for a company called Gig Labs, right? We're, we're an NFT company. Um, you know, we work with brands like Dapper Labs. Uh, and then this project, you know, I just would be remiss if I didn't say that this is completely separate from that, right? Um, and any sort of legal headaches that come with it. Um, but this is a passion project for me. It's been super exciting. Um, and it's, you know, the Clonex community is the one community that I'm really active uh, in and it's the one community that I collect from. Yep. And just curious, how long have you been a Clonex holder? Uh, it's, uh, from the beginning. Um, you know, I, I I had my eye on them at the very beginning because I was looking around in the space. And, you know, not to knock anybody or anything, but a lot of the artwork was sort of this sort of you know JPEG cartoon animal, which is fine, right? A lot of people like that, and that's that's the vibe. Um, but I've always been sort of a three D. Uh, modeler that's kind of what I do in, in you know as a as a as a hobby and, and professionally so for me when I saw you know prior obviously to the Nike acquisition when I saw what they were what they were doing it felt special it felt different so um, you know that kind of signaled to me that this was a brand an NFT community worth pursuing so I'd been there from 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 the beginning uh, and I, I, yeah, I participated I... in some of those sneaker competitions that they had at the very beginning I think it's interesting because like everything that they do is kind of kind of like in line with, with your work, right? They are like the first project to ever launch the 3D uh, modeling whereby, you know, if you are a 3D modeler, you can actually use it, uh, download your own and then create projects out from it. And then it's all about, you know, using your Clonex, growing the IP. And I think... Uh, like even me coming up and checking out your project is just like I think the last few days when I when I saw the article and it just dawned to me that you know what this is something that we have to see or we will be seeing more of it because it's always a beauty whereby you know you vibe with the community and then now you're holding it what do you do with it instead of just waiting for the project to like give you the utility you utilizing it as a holder and building on top and making it your own project. That's exactly right. And I think, you know, I think that's kind of where we're headed in terms of, you know, the smart brands are going to recognize that they have a creator community within those communities uh, and they can lean on those those creators within there to further the brand aside from a roadmap. Right. So I think what we're seeing here, I mean, I, I can't name them all. I mean, there's 
an incredible amount of talent uh, in the artifact community, um, you know, and, and each one is sort of splintering off that main roadmap and going their own way and building their own fandom within that existing ecosystem. And the smart brands are going to look at that and say, okay, this is the way. Um, and they're going to allow individuals and creators to participate in a way that is less passive and more active. And I think that is the recipe for success. Yeah, it's, it's always like, you know, even before we start this, I was telling uh, the audience here, like, if you take a look, like, you know, the top five uh, big community, and if it's the community that is the strongest one, they always have users building on top. Like, if we if we just look at BAYC, they have, like, you know, the water brand, they have wine brand, they even have fast food brands. And it's always about, you know, community leveraging on what they have and then building on top. So what gives you the idea or how it comes, you know, like, how, how do you get the idea like we you know what one day I'm going to create this artifact uh, Mac artifact uh, suddenly like you know where the inspiration comes from yeah it's funny you know it, it came directly from them um, if I'm being honest right because you know we you know I bought into the into the project right you have that reveal right you don't know what you're getting uh, which clone you're getting right you're hoping you get you, you get one that you can sort of retire immediately the next day unfortunately <laughs> or maybe fortunately that was not my fate and I pulled this clone that had this, you know, it had a trait, a t-shirt trait called job tee. And that job tee looks suspiciously uh, like a McDonald's uniform. Um, so when I received that, I knew immediately. And, you know, he had the little goggles on, you know, you could, he had the goggles on for the air fry, you know, for the fryer, for the French fries, <laughs> the, the, the headphones on for taking the order. And I thought, okay, yeah. this is perfect. Um, so then, you know, the, the rest was pretty easy because, it was just blending two of the most iconic brands in history um, and, and two that have, you know, pretty recognizable and iconic brand architecture. I mean, you look at a McDonald's, right? I mean, I think we've all experienced it in one way or another, but there was that sweet spot with McDonald's sort of visual architecture. I was going to say in like the late 90s, right, where they had like the play palaces and there was a certain kind of aesthetic uh, that was that was right there and the Happy Meal and all that kind of stuff from which they've moved away from, sadly. Um, and I think that's a giant mistake. But so there was this opportunity to sort of tap that nostalgia and pair that with that sort of Nike acquisition, which is another iconic brand. I think if you go anywhere in this world, almost anywhere in this world, you show people a Nike swoosh or a McDonald's Golden Arches, they're going to know immediately what both of those brands are. So there was really no way that this wasn't going to work. Uh, so they did a lot of heavy lifting for me just in terms of even giving me the clone that looked like the McDonald's employee and then sort of laying out sort of two massive behemoth brands that are about as visually iconic as it gets. Yeah. And, and you know, what, what's the funny thing is that, you know, I, I've uh, always wanted to have a Clonex, but I, I'm currently not a holder. But when I was, uh, you know, just reading up article and the, the news came out that, you know, this, this, some, this creator is creating it instantly, you know, uh, it just, it just makes me want to, you know, get the, get the nuggets, get the Murakami burger. And I just like, you know, swap it for Polygon, purchase it and that's it. It's like, you know, like what you say, it's a no brainer. Like if you love Clonex, you love McDonald's, um, you're going to love the whole fusion of it. Like how you design the golden arches with a little bit touch of the Clonex. And like, you know, how, how do you come about with the whole idea? Like, you know, the fries, the design, how long does it take for you to, you know, create the whole architecture? 
Sure. Yeah. And, and before I answer that, I will just say, like, even if you're not in the Clonex community, right, like that's that's the beauty, in my opinion, of this project. And I think that's why it should be embraced from the top down is because you don't have to be a holder. Anyone can eat it, make artifacts. Right. And so it gives you a, a way to sort of participate in an entry into the ecosystem. You know, a lot of these other projects that are here that which are awesome um, within the community really are, are beneficial uh, or require a clone. Right. Um, a lot of these sort of fashion projects that are happening within here. Um, we, you know, at McArtifacts, it's, it's not like that. Anybody can participate. So uh, it's aspirational in that regard. Uh, in terms of like, you know, how long it takes to sort of come up with something, I mean, it varies, right? I mean, inspiration hits you when it hits you. I'll be, you know, I'll be honest. I mean, in the last few months, I've had dreams about this project. Um, I don't know <laughs> if my wife appreciates that or not, but, um, you know, and I think the inspiration for me really comes from, and it's going to be kind of silly to say, but like, I'm sure there's a lot of overlap with individuals here that have played Grand Theft Auto. And the reason I bring up Grand Theft Auto is because I remember spending a tremendous amount of time within that video game, looking at all the fake brands and all the clever copy and all the witty copywriting uh, that went into that. And I'd be lying if I didn't say that, like, that is truly a source of inspiration uh, for me. And it's kind of taking that formula and recipe. But you know, a lot of this stuff just sort of plays itself, right? Like it's it's just, it presents itself to you. And I think the hardest part is probably the modeling. And my favorite part is probably the puns. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, it's really important that, for example, when, you know, your holders as a project holder, right, as a project founder, when your holders use innovative ideas to create an IP above it, they build on top of it. And then as a founder, acknowledge it acknowledging it I think that's something really important because like I see you know your, your project when you launch and then even the co-founder of uh, Artifact uh, retweeted it. it it shows a lot of you know how they are supporting it like this this kind of thing doesn't you don't, you don't get it in a web tour like imagine you uh, buying a product and then just building on top like I, I see like you know what previously um, there's a company that, you know, takes the Nike sneakers and then they, they modify it and then they sell. And then instantly, you know, uh, Nike came on came and, you know, tried to sue them and stuff. But in Web3, it's a whole new different dynamics because you own the IP and you build on top of it. And then that is something that really grows the whole IP and the ecosystem. That's exactly right. And I would, to be honest with you, I was, you know, I was, I'm not naive, right? I know that Nike is involved in this equation at some capacity, right? So I was, I was shocked, but but very happy to receive that kind of retweet to me because I think that was kind of a from one creator to another. I thought there was a lot of validation within there. Well, you know, time will tell if they if they regret retweeting that or not. But um, <laughs> I really appreciated that, and I thought you know it almost felt like oh god, I made it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's always going to be that that moment whereby you the work that the community does get appreciated by the founders and then you know like you know what okay this is something that even you know even the founder don't retweet but the holders of clone x like you know even in this in this listeners uh chat right now you know there's there's plenty of um clone x here so it, it shows that as long as the community supports it you can build you know a whole group of people on top of it and then the project will just grow and grow well, that's, I mean, that's the beauty here, right? Like it, it's going totally the other way here, right? Like it was typically a top-down structure uh, in traditional sort of brand and agency life. It's a top-down, it's you're sort of getting your strategy from the CEO marketer at the top and then pushing that out to the community. Here, we're sort of inversing that, right? And flipping the pyramid on its head. And 
like I said, I think it's going to require a certain sort of wise brand or a smart brand or a brand that's looking, you know, how can we sustain this growth in the future? And maybe Nike doesn't need to be that brand. Nike may be big enough, but at the same time, you know, who knows, right? Like um, who knows what the next 40, 50 years are going to look like. So um, it's just, it's just been very beneficial to sort of, and very validating to see the community sort of take this and run with it uh, in a way that, that maybe the founders or larger brands haven't. Yeah, but I, uh, when I was checking, you know, the, the whole project and stuff like that, I, I noticed, like, even after launch, currently, right, like, right now, the prices are going up. Like, um, the, the buns, the nuggets, the price are going up. So, I think, you know, after you launch it, uh, people in the secondary market, that is, like, you know, people like the concept, people are still buying. So, how did you actually launch it? Is it, like, you know, stuff uh, whereby you let, is it a free mean? Or how, how do you actually uh, market the whole concept? Sure. Yeah. And I should make this very clear in case there are any lawyers listening to this. You know, you never know when you're being recorded (laughs) or not. But uh, this everything about this project is free. Um, You know, I urge everyone who's participating and listening um, to not I know it's going to sound counterintuitive in this NFT space, but do not buy them. That do not resell them. I mean, do what you want, obviously. But um, and I I just appreciate the support. But we make it clear in terms and conditions that these are really not authorized or intended for resale, right? Um, so for me, it's really just about like, you know, you if you want one, reach out to me and we'll get you one because it's really more about creating active participants in a community than it is about sort of um, flipping flipping burgers or, you know, uh, for profit or making money that way. So um, just wanted to throw that out there because I know that, you know, that's the question that comes up a lot. You know, typically the comments are either like, oh, this is awesome, we love this, or hey, buddy, you're getting sued. Uh, so it's a very sort of interesting, and I've been very, very cognizant of that and wanted to make sure yeah. that everything we're doing here is free so that there are no barriers for entry, right? So that an individual could theoretically come into the Nike ecosystem, even unofficially, and participate totally free. It's not gonna, there's, there's not going to be any barrier here. Yeah, there's all, you know what? There's always like two sides of the coin. But if we look at the bright side, as long as, you know, people having fun with it, um, you know, it's the whole concept. Like what we say, you know, always when you when you join a community or holding an NFT, the utility is having the community loving the product itself, right? And then if, you know, people people like it, then we can see more and more of similar kind of concept popping up. And then you know that, you know what? I'm actually driving this right vision of my brand in, in the ecosystem and other people that liking it, they will follow onto it. So I think it's, it's really great that this is kind of like the first uh, unique project that I ever saw. Like if you talk about, just say BAYC, they launched like, you know, they're bought and hung- hungry, but it's a real fast food chain. And then for yours, it will be like the virtual fast food chain. So maybe you can share a little bit on after this launch, what is like the, the roadmap or what kind of vision you have for this project? Sure. Yeah. No. All right. So so I'm really excited about what's coming next. And, you know, to date, really, I mean, I've been I've been able to sort of do all this by myself, but that's going to kind of shift um, as we go into sort of this next iteration. Um, and I don't want to give too much of it away, but maybe it doesn't matter, but um, so everybody that sort of has claimed a hype meal, right, um, has the ability to sort of open it up. And that's what's coming next. Um, so basically, we're building out a virtual um, artifacts location right in the metaverse. And then, 
your hype meal is your ticket um, to sort of come visit. And then when you're there, uh, you're going to be able to sort of open up uh, that hype meal. And then uh, we're working on this crazy minting mechanic where you're going to be able to sort of customize your meal uh, in real time um, and then be able to sort of pick it up there at the quote unquote hover through, um, which is funny. But, you know, and then there's another surprise in there, which I'm not going to ruin that goes along with it. But <laughs> I think that's probably enough to get people salivating or excited enough about the project to come and, and visit us when they can. And I just want to speak on that, the hype meal for a second, because to me, I think there's a reason that drop resonated with people as much as it did. Um, you know, I think the artifact community in particular, right, is, is primarily or majorly, um, I think at the end of the day, are probably sneakerheads. I think there's probably a lot of them uh, that exist within there, right? At the end of the day, it's a Nike company. Yeah. Uh, and the beauty of the, of the hype meal is that I think it's modeled after the Happy Meal. And I think that most sneakerheads probably got their first dopamine hit um, from collectibilities of like uh, Happy Meal toys and that kind of experience. And there's this overlap between, or this, this rather there's this connector between um, Happy Meals and sneakers, which I know sounds crazy, um, but they both come in these sort of boxes, right? And like, it's, it's the, the, the collectible within inside the box um, and that moment of sort of getting that, which I think is impressive. So to me, it's a hypothesis. Maybe everybody's shaking their head and going, this guy's, this guy's ridiculous. But I think the reason that one works so well was because there is this overlap between, um, you know, I think most sneakerheads probably started collecting or started getting interesting and in kind of that kind of reveal uh, when they were younger going to McDonald's. or So I don't know. Well, I, I have to totally agree with you. Like, you know, I'm a sneakerhead myself. And the first thing when I look at the hype meal, instantly, you know, I just log into OpenSea, put in my wallet and purchase it. That's it. Like, like it don't, I don't even have to ask any question about, you know, is this is this collection legit or where, where is it from? Because, you know, when, when I came in, I'm not in the Clonex community. But when you see something, you know, DJs, we just mint it, right? We, we don't ask questions. We mint it first and then we ask <laughs> questions later. This, this is the bad habit that we have. But what you say is true. Like, if if you if you think about it, like you know why mystery box uh, works so well, like there there was this one time I think like two three years ago whereby if you like are uh, collectible you are a Marvel head and then there's like loot boxes that you know monthly subscription, so you you paid like for example like hundred USD and then every month they just send to you, uh collectibles stickers and stuff like that which you don't know what you get, but you still pay either way because of that element of surprise right and with the hype new I think that is something that or, or like what you say the dopamine uh, hit when we opened the Happy Meal like when, when Minion was like big back in my country in Malaysia I too queue up to buy the Happy Meal to just collect the Minion toys right so exactly so, no matter, right? so it, it doesn't matter like which age are you like whether you are in your early 20s your late 40s doesn't matter as long as you want fun you're always going to be happy when opening something and then you least expect, like, you, you have the lowest expectation of it and then when the thing comes out to be awesome and that is where you get that dopamine effect, that, that feeling of, you know, euphoric feeling. So, definitely, it's something that I, I see works very well and when you talk about, like, even the metaverse, I think your whole vision really aligns with what, you know, Artifact Studios trying to do trying to build like the the drop 
could not could not be so sync in time. Like, did you plan it, or when you actually drop it? Because when I when I was looking at your um, you know, the article on it, it it was like two three days after, and then Artifact dropped their you know their their merch and utility as well. So the timing, I I think is like perfect, bro. Exactly. And it's funny, I, I've been very lucky in that regard, because right timing is everything on social media. And for whatever reason, the stars have just aligned, and I've been very lucky. So I hope to uh, kind of retain that fate. And I just wanted to also, you know, talk about like, because there are two other things. Um, and I think, you know, with the hype meal, specifically, what I also would love to do with this, um, because the creator community is such a such a core part of Artifact, I'd love there are two concepts, I'd love to weave them into. And I think the first one is, I think the hype meal is the perfect canvas, right? For another artist to sort of come in, decorate the outside and then put something special on the inside. Like it's almost the perfect, like perfect way to do a series, right? So, so for me, it's like where you can take it, you can decorate it and own it in a way that's unique to yours. Uh, so that's the first one. And I think the other creator concept that I'm super excited about uh, that I haven't really pitched to anybody, um, but Vega at the moment uh, is this idea that more or less like, you know, you look at McDonald's, which over the last you know 30 years has some of the strongest marketing minds um, in the business. And so really yeah. what I'm doing here is I'm just taking their great ideas and re- remixing them for present day. And I think the next one that I'm really, really excited about, and it's going to require a lot of participation um, and help from others within the creators, within the community, is sort of replicating this monopoly game. That, that McDonald's did, right? I don't know if you remember this, but it was a big deal here in this country with the, the, the McDonald's pieces. You know, you'd have to buy separate meals, get a piece, and if you match the pieces, uh, you'd get the, you know, the Monopoly on the, on the Monopoly board and you'd be able to claim your prize. So I think, and that's everybody who's in here is hearing this for the first time. Um, but I think there's a lot of possibility there um, with, you know, aligning with different creators within the community, giving them each a sort of piece of the board and then sort of having them participate in giveaways or something like that, that really highlights us. And I think, I think there's a tremendous amount of potential for something like that. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting when you, when you talk about this, because like, you know, for, for us, like having an NFT, I, the, the way I see it, it's like, you know, what can you do with it? Right. So often, you know, when we, when we look at projects, there's many projects that we wait for, like for example, we we purchase one project and then we wait for the founders to do things and then if it's good the price go up. If it's not good the price go down, right? But yep. in terms of like the current trend that I've, I've been seeing, it's more towards like you having the NFT. If whether or not the founder is working on doing the thing, what are you gonna do with it? That's it, right? So yep. you you purchase a product and then like for example, if it's in the web two, you purchase a Nike shoe. What you do, you wear it every day and then you get the value of it. Right, but then when in the Web three world you purchase the NFT, you holding it, and if you don't do anything and just waiting for the founder to do something, then you are not really utilizing the full value of it. But if you are currently you know actively using it to market, it, it can be as simple as just using the identity to market yourself in the Web three world, right? Using it as your PFP, um, talking to people, wrapping out that whole feel or that whole persona, then you are actually utilizing the IP to build for yourself. And and for your project, it's kind of like, you know, using it to build on top of another project. And when you talk about like, you know, collectibles and stuff like that, it's it really makes sense because 
NFT has to be interactive and then that, that is the whole vibe of community or why we keep sticking to a project, right? Just imagine like once you mean a project and then nothing happens. Instantly, like we are bombarded with like tons of Discord every day and that the attention span that we get is like so minimal. But if if there is like, you know, active participation, there's always like new things coming up. Um, like for example, you able to, you know, every week or every two weeks collect something to build a piece of puzzle or, you know, things like that. And then that whole interactive things, even though you don't have to interact like day by day, but every week there's something to look forward to. And I believe that is like the main catalyst of how a project can grow the community and still maintain relevant in such a, such a long span, like like a long span of time. I think that's exactly right, and I think the thing that I've been surprised about, given that you know I've I've tried a couple of different you know projects in the past that that really haven't taken off, and in the way that this one has, and I think what I've learned here that I didn't learn at the other one was sort of this pressure to keep delivering, um, which is kind of I think what you're you know also d- discussing or talking about, like I think you know thinking through like okay, well you know at what point is this not sustainable and how can I, is there a better way to do this? And I look at Artifact and I think that they're probably, you know, probably thinking about the same thing. And I think that the solution here to your point is really sort of, you know, embracing the community, passing the baton, letting them sort of do their thing with it. And I think it's a model that, again, um, the smart brands in the space will take a look at and feel much better about um, and encourage sort of this sort of remixing of IP that maybe, your, you know, traditional gatekeepers um, will, will not and they'll, you know, hopefully die. So that's that, you know, who knows? We'll see what happens moving forward. But I, I've been surprised by the sort of this pressure to deliver and keep people sort of in, you know, entertained because there's fierce um, competition. And, you know, it's not it's not competitive in that way. But like with the creators in the community, right, there's only so much time in the day. There's only so many discord channels one can participate in. So, you know, your your sort of attention is the currency. And it's very hard to sort of keep that going. And, you know, how do you as one individual keep sort of putting out stuff that gets more and more and more clever um, that keeps people more and more entertained? So it's going to be very interesting to see not just how I sort of figure that out, but how the space figures that out as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that the timing couldn't be just so perfect, right? Because like, for example, the, the way that they do the whole forging thing, it really makes sense. Because like, for example, when you spend, you know, 100, 100 bucks on, on a, in Web2 buying a Nike hoodie and then you just wear it after maybe four or five years, you, you throw it away, right? But in, in this, not only that, we, we are still able to use it in the metaverse. So it's like, you know, buying, buying a product, but for two functions, Right and and it is when these systems come out is is just so is just so basic, yet powerful because not many brands can generate profit without you know um just keep generating sustainable profits right. But with this whole concept, of, it's like you know Web two Nike. They keep coming out products, people buy it, they feel value, they continue to buy. It's the same thing as you know what Artifact is doing, but this kind of model bring sustainability to the whole project and i think when the benefit of building on top is like you know when the mother project grows big all the projects or all the ip related projects will soar together so it's kind of like not just me trying to you know like for example if you're not leaning on the clonex ip you're just building on your own 
probably the hype wouldn't be as much as you know right. leaning on to a, a IP that is related to a big brand. So when they grow, they kind of like push you grow together. When they grow bigger communities, you know, more views come in. And then it gives more attention to your brand, and then your brand goes together. So I think this is the benefit that we, as a, you know, as a holder of a particular product and becoming a founder of it, we can really utilize this two-way uh, connection. That's exactly right. Um, and I think you know that's. And I think what I'm what I'm dealing with or battling right now is like figuring out like how do you stay relevant, you know, with a sort of forging process, right? Because and in a project that can't make any money, right? Or that's the way I'm doing it. I'm approaching this as a blueprint and sort of as an offering um, to brands to say, hey, look, this is how you can show up authentically uh, in Web3 and I'm doing it free of charge, so please don't sue me. Um, but <laughs> I, you know, how, do I, how, do I, how do I sort of capitalize, for lack of a better term, uh, on, on sort of forging and that whole piece of the puzzle? And um, so what does that look like, you know, if I, if I, if I'm not really putting any money into this, how can I realize physical goods um, for holders uh, in a way that sort of makes sense financially, uh, but also excites them? So I think that's the next big nut for me to crack and trying to figure that out at the moment. Yep. And one thing that I want to talk about is when you talk about, you know, you're going to expand into the metaverse and stuff like that. So when we talk about metaverse, it's like, you know what, it's, it's always been like a buzzword around like the space because everybody's trying to build. So like in terms of like the cost and stuff like that, how do you like, you know, utilize minimal cost to provide maximum values to the holders? Yeah, that's uh, so for like for actually building out this sort of this piece of the puzzle. I mean, this is where I'm calling in favors and friends, um, you know, and people that are interested in sort of, um, you know, building something together. And, you know, my skill sets stop uh, after design and copy. Right. Like that's where I can excel, where I cannot excel. I do not have the brain capacity uh, that some of these developers have. I mean, it's incredible stuff and I wish I could do it, uh, but I can't. Um, and then so I'm working with. Uh, developer, or I'm speaking to some developers at the moment with from within actually the Clonex community, uh, and then also um, working with a friend of mine who is a sort of play canvas engineer, and so that's where this experience is going to be built. And uh, I think there's a mutual interest in just sort of making cool shit. At the end of the day, uh, that's my hobby. It's probably his too. And so uh, knowing that no one can get paid from this kind of democratizes it a little bit. You know, I almost feel guilty saying it because like. How often in my career have people sort of offered me to do things for exposure? Um, but I guess at the difference here is at the end of the day, they're getting paid um, when I do it for exposure and here no one's getting paid. It's just, it's really for the culture. Yeah, yeah. I, I can obviously see that, you know, this this whole thing really comes along where when everybody's a builder, right? Like in the space, there are tons of builders, but it's, it's our job or, you know, it's... The, the, the founder that is able to pull this pool of people together to build something that we believe will be a greater good. And what else is better to get people to involve in the community? Like, for example, if you're building on top of the IP of uh, Clonex, then definitely when you enter or, you know, when you get people from the Clonex, they are always wanting to build something as well. And you gather these people around and you might, will be surprised that there are tons of, like, super high-caliber people in the Web3. That's right. And I think, and just before I go any further, I should just say uh, that for, you know, I will, I will, you know, just so that there's no soundbite later, that, like, I will do my best to pay out of pocket for this stuff, right? Like, for the things that I can't do, I uh, will do my best to sort of... Um, 
figure that out and, and figure a way that I can sort of maximize, um, you know, value for them so that they don't feel like they're giving anything away for free. Because truly, at the end of the day, I can't be responsible uh, for that. I can't ask somebody to do something for free. So I just want to make sure that that, um, <laughs> that, that, is, that, that is clear. Yeah, um, yeah. Don't, don't have yeah. to worry about it. Because, example, if I'm a Flonex and I love the project, there are tons of people that want to contribute and build something. Right, so it's it's always gonna be in Web three. Like for example, we are all the NFT projects are actually friends, right? You can look look at you know how we build each of the communities. We do like whitelist collapse giveaway, even though you know both are fashion brands, right? But we still can be able to do that. So I think the the whole concept in how we approach Web three businesses is totally different from the Web two business. Like imagine, like you know, Wendy's and McDonald's, they actually collab together. It's it's like impossible, right? But well, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think a lot of people say to me, like they go, like one of the other comments they always get is like, well, these two brands don't belong together. One is a life, you know, one is a sort of a active, uh, healthy lifestyle brand, aka Nike. The other one is a you know terrible for you, guilty pleasure. Um, fast food brand, aka McDonald's. But then my response to that is always, well, that's not true because at the end of the day, I think both of these brands are bigger than the categories in which they sit in. I'd argue that they sort of permeate the culture and you know, in, in the cultural fabric in a way that no other brands really do. So they're almost bigger uh, than active sportswear and fast food, right? They're pop culture. Uh, so that's how these brands connect. And then the other thing I'll just quickly say uh, about talent uh, within the community. Um, you know, is that like, I think the reason when this thing blew up in ad age and I, you know, heard from a thousand marketers who were very interested in the concept or whatever, and whatever, you look around at the space, you look at what marketers are doing traditionally and you go, okay, well, I don't know, you know, these things have limited shelf life. Uh, and I think the difference is because, uh, you know, I've worked at an agency setting previously and there are passionate people in agencies. Do not get me wrong. Um, but I think the difference here is that the people that are working on the things within these communities are passionate about the communities that they're working in and building on in a way that maybe an agency isn't uh, or the people that are working within an agency. And so I think people are aware uh, about good faith and, and, and hard effort in a project. Uh, and I think that's come through, you know, not just with my project, but with a lot of them that I see um, other creators in the artifacts space. So I think that's truly the recipe for success. You have to, this is why brands have to be okay uh, with sort of letting go of control and letting those within the community remix their IP because it's only going to pay dividends. So I'm not really sure where all this hesitation comes from. Uh, we've got to sort of, you know, get rid of this uh, previous model that we've had in place forever, this kind of Disney model, right, where uh, you're kind of, if you, if you, if you draw, you know, a, a Mickey Mouse, you're going to get a cease and desist. Um, but at the end of the day, I think really it's all it's going to do is help you permeate uh, and get bigger because I know these brands think they're big, but you know what? Uh, there's finite space in the world, but there's infinite space in the metaverse. So if they're smart, what they'll do is they'll go ahead and let creators embrace it. And I think the first brand that the first big brand that's going to do that is really going to realize some serious gains. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Like what you say, metaverse is the infinite space where everybody can build on top of it. So it in terms of it, this opens to a lot of different possibilities that 
the Web3 mindset can handle, but the Web2 probably they, they, they still can't handle, right? So before we open the floor for, you know, I, I, I see that there's like tons of people uh, currently logging in. They probably have some questions to ask you as well, wanting to know the project. But uh, before we open the floor, maybe you can um, answer this last question. So in the span of like the next, next few months to end of the year, what could we expect uh, from your project? Sure. Um, so the hope, and this is just the hope, right? Who knows what the reality is, but the hope is that within the next few months, um, by end of fall, that we've got this virtual location uh, built. You can come in and you can, you know, customize your, your meal with a, with a new type of minting mechanic, and you can uh, pick that up and take that with you. That's the hope. And that's that's going to be the focus. But I'd, I also know that, you know, even though I'm working on that, and I'll tease that out, that there's got to be something that's going to sort of promote um, activity in the meantime. So I think we'll do, you know, a bunch of smaller fun drops uh, in the meantime. And for example, like this, I just put prior to this, I just put out the, the pigeon McNugget slides. Yeah. And honestly, you know, I, I didn't say it, but like, that wasn't even my idea that like the way that came about was that I basically was just doing this, you know, they had artifact released the lookbook. So I thought it'd be funny to do the cookbook. And so I basically just took their design, you know, mimicked it, but put my character in some of the, the food pieces that I've already done. And I threw on these like furry slippers on, on top of him. Uh, and then like immediately four or five people in the comments were like, oh, my God, uh, you know, chicken nugget, pigeon nugget slides. Like, that's awesome. Can we get those? And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I totally meant to do that. Uh, so like, but that's just an, like another way that like active participants can help shape the vision. And so now I'm like, got this whole idea to do this whole like you know fashion piece uh within here and and that hopefully is being shaped by community input so long story short uh virtual franchise mint uh custom minting mechanics with a forge piece to it and a forge piece that i'm going to try to minimize at out-of-pocket cost but something that's still going to be cool for the people that participate um so figuring that out there and then also doing many drops in the meantime when, when I heard about Forge Peace, the only thing is like, bro, you need to have uh, international delivery because I'm all the way from Malaysia and you definitely oh, have to yeah. So exactly. So that's, so, okay. I'm putting the onus of, of shipping on the, on the participants. So like knowing that this is a fully free project, uh, all you guys yeah, got to yeah. do is you got to pay for shipping. Yep. That, that makes sense. <laughs> okay. So um, we have one that is uh, asking for requests. So let me pull you up on stage. And guys, if you have any more questions, just remember to hit that request button. I will pull you up on stage. So we have uh, Queen Esther with us. Hey. I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> probably logging uh through to pc is okay there are a few more other people so uh later okay so why not we get uh sir gawai to come up first and then later once he asks his questions we can get queen esther to speak next oh hey what's up guys um i really appreciate what you guys are doing and i really appreciate you know what you're doing with uh you know with the whole concept um <clears throat> the so, so I, I'm in a, in a kind of, I work with a lot of creatives and things of different, you know, with music, um, you know, uh, 3D artists, uh, developers, um, all, you know, 
we have a lot of developers actually <laughs> but yeah so like our whole thing is like we're building tools for creators um in in the web3 space so like things where they can invest their their funds that they earn um you know and work directly with brands and like campaigns um and creators are submitting to these campaigns things like that so I think the concept is awesome because I'd love to like collaborate in some way and, and like see how we can like really help to uplift this whole idea set because you're right. Like it, there's so much room for innovation and space of creations and, you know, remixes of, you know, older things that, you know, even in history, like I think about like the future of like creators of, that are coming up, the, the youth, right? Like a lot of the stuff that, older generations the 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 stories and histories and that that are passed down aren't really translating to the youth so i think like even in utilizing this kind of creative landscape like we can translate it differently to the youth so like i love it Uh, yeah actually i love that idea because and not just that right but like a you can't just rely on like the education system to, to 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 sort of educate um or keep up with sort of an interesting way of educating the next generation but B, also, you can't count on them to pass down an accurate version of history. Uh, so I think there's a lot of interesting ways that, you know, you can sort of storytelling is going to kind of emerge uh, in new ways and sort of shed new light on sort of old stories. Um, so, yeah, I think that's super fascinating. I actually hadn't thought about that before. Awesome. Yes. If I could help in any way, please feel free to reach out. For sure. Yeah. Just DM me. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Because at the end of the day, right, the recipe here and all the in, in all the hype meals is really is uh, collaboration. Truly, like none of this stuff happens in a vacuum. Um, and so if there's some way in which we can sort of collectively work together, I mean, we're just going to reach more people that way. Okay, awesome. So next we have uh, Queen Esther. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. I'm a healthy boo. Hello. Yep. Can you hear yeah, us? Yeah, can hear you. Great job. Thanks for your time. Um, I really appreciate this time. I have a question to ask. Uh, could I go ahead? Hello? Hello. Yeah, you have a question. What was your question? Yes, yes. Um, I want to ask uh, what are your current plans to... I have two questions, though. What are your current plans to invite new customers and what marketing skills are you targeting? Then the next one, who are your targeting customers? Who are you targeting to become your customers? I, I'll be honest, I couldn't I couldn't quite catch all that. Uh all right. So um I, I heard the second question. The second question I think is uh who are your target customer? And the first question, can you repeat it? I said what are your current plans to invite new customers and what marketing skills are you targeting? Okay. Yep. Who are, who, are, who are my current who are my current customers, and then who who am I? What what methodologies am I employing to sort of bring in new customers? Yes. Correct. Okay. Uh, so I think you know, like the, and I just want to you know, because language is important, right? I just want to make sure that like customer indicates that there's some sort of exchange of financial value. Um, in this case, there there isn't that 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 piece isn't happening. Everything is free. So um, referring to them as sort of diners, I know that's how silly that sounds, but. Um, so the people that are already, um, sort of in the ecosystem are, and that that's open to anybody. You don't have to be a Clonex holder. 
you just have to like cool shit. So like, that's the requirement. So that's who the customer is, and I or the diner in this case. So and I think it's also people that have an interest in pop culture, uh, people that have an overlap, or there's this connective tissue of collectability, people that collect, I think are innately drawn to a project like this as they are to the NFT space as a whole. Uh, and then who is, um, you know, what am I doing to sort of bring new people into the fold? Uh, I'm, all you gotta do is follow me on Twitter because I'm just dropping stuff all the time and uh, everything is free. If you're there at the right time, you can claim it, you just drop your address and then boom, you're in the ecosystem. So uh, everything is always going to ladder up into the McArtifex ecosystem, regardless of where you sit, right? Regardless of what you hold, it can be a sauce packet, it can be a hype meal, um, it can just be a nice compliment. You know what I mean? Like it, we're, we're open to sort of everybody participating in this. So uh, just if you see an opportunity uh, to reach out, or even if you're late, you know, and you've, that thread has happened, those retweets have happened, just DM me and we'll figure it out. Yeah, if I were to add on, it's actually one thing, just cool shit. Like, I like it because it's like cool shit, so I just bought it. So I think that is one of one way to see like how this project grows. It's like keep coming up with like cool content, 3D art, dope shit. Then I think, you know, people really vibe with it. Amen. And I think it's also about pushing IP, right? Like, I think there's that whole tension there as well. It's like, is this going to come to a head? Is Nike going to step in? Is McDonald's going to step in? What's going to happen next? And I think um, that piece I'm also particularly interested in because, like I said, this is just a blueprint. There's no money being exchanged here. I'm not making any profit. This is all for free. Um, so I'm curious to see how that's all going to kind of unfold, uh, you know, in the coming coming weeks or years or whatever. Yep. Cool. And next we have uh, Pete Clay. Oh, I know Pete. Pete's collected a few things. How are you doing, Pete? Hey there, can you hear me? Uh, that's, that's awesome. So um, just thanks for just bringing me up. Um, thanks at Mac Artifact just for this yeah, cool news and it's a pleasure to be part of it. I just have maybe a bit of a funnier question. So um, I really like the uh, Pigeon McNugget slides and how the hell did you do the sound effects? I, did it. I really love it. It's on point. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... You don't want to see video of it. Let me just leave it at that. Uh, I spent a lot of time last night trying to get that one right. There were about a thousand takes, uh, and I was happy with finally where we ended up. Okay, yeah, I, I think it's perfect. So it's very, very good, and I like it. And just uh, maybe one question after it. So why pigeon? Maybe I didn't get it. So I read yeah. a, uh, so I read the stuff, but I didn't got it. For sure. So yeah, the the it's it's pigeon as a, as a nod to Jeff Staple because Jeff Staple, uh, the famous streetwear and sneaker designer, is sort of did a couple of drops early on with the McArtifacts ecosystem, and um, you know he's since lost uh, launched his own um, metaverse called you know the uh, Stapleverse or Pigeonverse or whatever it is. So it's really just an homage to him um, in a way to kind of sort of again bring in some of those like little little jokes, little wits, and sort of tie okay. them into the larger project. Oh, thanks. Thanks for asking, uh, answering my question. So I'm very sure. hyped for the, for the opening of my hype meal. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's going to be exciting. So, you know, and just bear with us, you know, like I don't want to make any promises, but it's coming, it's coming soon. And it's going to be a lot of hard work to do it because we're doing, trying to do it at the, at the level at which the entire artifact team is doing it. And like I said, I'm just one person. So going to do what I can to sort of um, awesome. make that a reality. Just awesome. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Thanks for your question. Next up, we have Donnie. 
Oh, I know Donnie too. Donnie's another collector. He's been, I think I've, I've seen Donnie's <laughs> name quite a few times. <laughs> That's right, man. I, uh, I'm actually uh, coming up here just as a uh, not. I don't really have any questions, but an appreciation uh, for uh, for what you're doing. The um, the level of quality on your work is excellent. And like you said, I've been uh, collecting your stuff for since really since the beginning. Um, I didn't know what the hell any of this would be, uh, but it's uh, it's pretty cool to watch you kind of grow and, and, and people are really kind of starting to come into your little ecosystem. It's, it's really fun to watch. I, uh, I remember putting just like stink bids on for like double McMurakamis and the, the, the double McMurakami for the gold uh, with that golden uh, foil, which I was never able to get. That's like a, in your ecosystem, that's like a little grail piece, which I, I hope to still get. But uh, no, I, 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 it's good to see that you're getting the appreciation for the, the level of work that you're doing. And uh, yeah, really, really excited to see where, where this goes. Thank you so much. Yeah, I remember I remember looking at the sort of the bids before the website had gone up. I was like, who the hell is this guy? Like, what, is, what does he know that I don't know that he's attributing value to this? Uh, so just thank you for, for, for even being there at the very beginning and, and doing that. Because I think it's, it was, that was kind of a signal to me that like, okay, maybe there's interest beyond, you know, just me laughing about this on the computer here. Well, I mean, besides the fact that clearly you're very talented in the graphic designing ability, you, you also did what a lot of um, NFT projects, uh, some of the best NFT projects did was kind of creating that allure of like, you know, and mystery kind of shrouded of like this stuff's here and it kind of just dropped, but like, I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is yet. And that built up this mystery. So it's like, uh, I want to get, I want to get as many of these things as I can, because I don't know what this is for. And I think that, uh, that building up of that organic hype, I think is, uh, is definitely key and you're, you definitely, uh, achieved that very well. So, uh, kudos to you. Thank you very much. Cool. Thanks for your question. I, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, people's questions and stuff like that. I can say, like you know, gener- generally, the whole atmosphere of your positive uh, of your project currently is like very positive, and I'm really glad glad for you, brother. I can't wait to see when I open up my hype meal what's going to be next. Amen. Yeah, no, I'm very excited for it. I mean, that's that's what it's all about, right? It's going to be. I, I'm this whole thing is really just building up to the reactions of that moment. So I'm um, super excited, and I just hope I don't disappoint anybody because I've got my <laughs> the rest of my life to do that. Yeah, it, it's okay. The the quality of you delivering now is already up to standard. So I believe that you know it, it only can get better. Enjoying the podcast? Go to the PewCast Twitter page and subscribe to the newsletter. We'll write a summary that you can read in three to five minutes if you don't have time to tune in. Remember to click the notification button so you don't miss the next episode. All things rainbow. All things rainbow.